This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. If you're like me, change is scary. I don't embrace it with open arms. In fact, I probably resist it. But my guest this week is Elizabeth Guarino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. Thank you so much for joining me today. Dr. Claudia, it's good to see you. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, I didn't let everybody know what we're going to be talking about yet because I wanted to introduce you and let everybody know that you are the change expert. So you are going to help us understand why change is important, why we should embrace it, and actually how to embrace it. So I, let's, I guess I'll let you get started and let everybody know a little bit about yourself. So I'm, um, I always say I'm 52. I'm a mom of four boys, so four adult sons now. They're 20, 22, 24, and 26. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm the founder of the Best Ever You Network at besteveryou.com. And then I've written two books on change. My first one was a Hay House book called Percolate. And my second book here is with HCI and Simon & Schuster called The Change Guidebook. Just listening to you say you've raised four boys is, you know, a feat in itself. Good for you. And is that what helped you understand why change is important and how we should accept it? In part, for sure, because um, once they started leaving for college and having their own you know, lives and so forth, it's a huge change in the household, uh, especially in the amount of laundry. Uh, just, just in that alone, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, we're adjusting to change uh, in a huge way. Uh, the youngest one is now a senior in college. Uh, we did something yesterday, dream come true. We are leaving Maine winter and going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for about six weeks in February, starting in February. So I'm all excited about that. So we have changed. We're, we're navigating. The other thing I would tell you um, on a more serious note is I, I think I learned a lot about navigating change when my father became so ill. He's, he was a stroke survivor from 2004 to 2018. And uh, our family all navigated that together. And that was a lot. I really admire the fact that you, that you use the word navigate because I feel like that's what we're doing. We're actually navigating this thing called life. And you actually talk about it and you say that change is a framework for crafting a new way to move through the world and inhabit our lives. So let's expand on that. What does that really mean? I think one of the tools in our best life toolbox needs to be how to navigate change because change is a constant. It's happening all around us all the time. And I don't know of a single person who couldn't use a little bit of advice on how to navigate change. So that's where kind of I'm coming from, especially when you when you know you have something you want to do, but you don't know the right steps or you fear change, like you were saying earlier. Um, you know, there's all sorts of ways that we uh, feel about change. And so my goal is to help us have a different conversation about change, to apply positive emotions and, and actions and so forth. To change because it is scary, especially when you don't know the right steps or if you have a change that you didn't ask for. And that's a real important difference, the deliberate change and then the change that you didn't ask for. And they can both be equally stressful. I assume because I, you know, the changes that I've experienced in my life are, you know, my child going off to high school or my child being okay with having a weekend away from us. Um, those are, but those are still stressful changes. It's about emotionally preparing yourself. And I feel like that's what the book does. It helps you to emotionally prepare, but also gives you the tools you need to take the steps you need to take 
physically in order to accept the change. Yeah, it does. So the the book itself is an entire masterclass in change. If you want to go that far with it, you can have a certificate in change management. It's a masterclass. The structure of the book is it's it's the 10 points of change. And, and we help you align your heart, your truths, and your energy. And then I take the reader through the 10 points of change. Um, so from assessing a situation to Im- impact, there's, you know, there's a process that we go through to make these changes. And so, yes, it, you know, to help people, it, it just helps you navigate better. So when you have a situation, whether it is that deliberate change or something that you are not asking for, you know, a club you don't want to join or whatever it is, um, this, this will meet you in that moment and guide you forward. You also talk about six principles that are going to help you look at different aspects of your life. What are those six principles? So it, it's the core of you. The, I might forget one here as I'm around. The core of you, the heart of you. Uh, the art of you, the humanity of you, the spirit of you, and the sport of you. And those are the principles that the Best Ever You Network was founded on. Um, so when I started Best Ever You, I thought we needed to have a conversation about our complete being down to the core, down to our passions, which is art, our sport, which really is wellness. Some people are good at sports as well, so it might cross over there. Our humanity, um, our you know, our spirit, our spirituality, you know, all of those things um, make us us, including heart of you. Um, and I say, I would save that one for last because I think there's so much that goes with the heart of you, um, right to here, right? I mean, right to your heart. And I encourage people to really think with their heart, kind of get out of their heads and into their heart and go from right here. Make this your method of operation if you can. And I, I agree with that. And I, and I don't think that enough of us do that enough of the time, but I also feel that we don't know how to do that. So I feel like we get stuck in the day-to-day routine, the day-to-day grind, and you're stuck in a box or in the thought process of what we think our lives should look like, but we're not really thinking with our hearts. So be, you know, if for those of us who haven't, or for those listeners who haven't read the book, how do we dive deep into the heart and understand how to use that to guide us? Yeah. So the book takes you through that, actually. So the structure of the book is narrative from me, and then two stories from people who have um, experienced change or navigated change and, and how they went through their, their life and, and made their changes, and then two exercises. And so there's exercises in here to help you access thinking with your heart and find and finding right here. I think a lot of people are afraid to think from here um, because it may have failed you before you feel like, or you don't trust it completely because it's a, it's a concept where you're like, well, no, I, you know, A plus B equals, you know, or whatever, two plus two equals four. We know that. But when we come from here, it's a little bit less logical, perhaps more emotional, a little bit. Um, doesn't have to be, especially when you combine the two. But when you think from here, what I'm saying is, you know, you know, deep down, you know, call it a gut instinct, call it thinking from your heart, um, thinking from right here, this engages you. It's teaching people though, and helping people and guiding them to create that pause to listen to your heart. Because when this talks, you'll hear it if you're tuned in to how to listen to it and act upon it. Because we go, oh, you know, what I really want to do is that coming from right here. I really want to be a chief cookie baker for the rest of my life. And then I go all right here and I go, that's a lot of cookies to pay the rent. How am I going to do that? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. So our logic kicks in and, and it stops us sometimes versus I'm saying, go right here and go for it. 
And there's some steps in the book to help you. And do you have any examples of people who have had this experience following reading the book? I mean, I know the book is making major leaps and bounds. So that's amazing. And I'm sure you're getting amazing feedback from it. So what would be some examples? Because I feel like for the listeners, they'll be curious to know. I mean, that's a great example, but it could also be, you know, diving into a new job that you may be scared of or, t you know, changing careers. I mean, I think these are all aspects of our lives that are all intertwined, but can be a source of stress and a source of fear for change. Because one area of your life, for example, your career might change your family life and your family life might change your career choice. So I feel like they're all intertwined and equally scary <laughs> and equally scary. Okay. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, they, they can be. And so again, what I, what I try to do is have us have this, this conversation like we're having here to make change less scary so that you're not afraid. And the more knowledgeable you become about the process of change, the less fearful you become because you've got this tool in your toolbox. And so I, I say sometimes there's nothing like a pandemic to help you really understand the value of your time and energy and understand that we're not entitled to time and, and so forth. And, it, and for some people, it took the pandemic for the people, we you know, they've always realized the value of time. But one of the things I'm seeing over and over and over again is people making adjustments based on uh, my, you know, my advice is how are you spending your time and energy? What exactly are you doing with your day? Is it, is, is it helping you? Is it hurting you? Are you stressed out? Are you this or that? And we're seeing changes being made accordingly. Um, and so it's one of the things I say in my coaching practice, you know, we're not entitled to time. What are we doing? Let's come from here and really think about what, what makes you uniquely you? What do you love to do? Are you doing that? What makes you authentically you? Are you doing that? And so a practical example of using the change guidebook. Um, again, I'm getting stories from all over the world, actually, from people using this to make change, or they're starting it, they're maybe halfway through. Some people did the whole thing, they're like, I made a cool change. And here's one. Somebody wrote me and said they they were really desperate in their mind and heart and being to make a job change. And we're on the fence though, still, no matter what, they're miserable at their job, going to work every day, almost like in tears in the, like getting ready for the job to go in. And when they get there, they're miserable. So she worked with me a little bit through the book and so forth, but she said, I need a new job. Like, I think that might be a good idea. Let's explore it. While you have a job, let's try and see if you can go get another job and so forth. She's older and it made her very scared because she was like, felt like she was starting all the way over because she'd been at the job for 25 years. And that's a really long time to be at a job to, to change and so forth. That's, that's created all sorts of fear. She made, she got a new job. It not only cut her commute time by half, but she got a major raise, like almost a $50,000 raise. And now talk about the effects you have on your, your life. She was able to do some of the home repairs that she wanted to do. She was able to schedule trips. She got more time off too. They, they really respected her seniority coming in there and let her have, you know, they negotiated some vacation time for her, not just the week, but three instead, all sorts of cool things. So I'm so proud of her. I, she shall go unnamed. I won't name her right now because I don't have her permission, but I've, I've given the story anyway, a little bit, but we have all sorts of stories like that starting to appear because of the book. It's an amazing story. And it's just a sign and uh, an indication that sometimes you just have to 
take the leap, go with your heart or your gut, whatever you want to call it, and try something new because you just never know, right? You just never know how much better it's going to be. So sometimes I say, come from here. You know, I do say, come from here. Align your heart, your truths, and your energy. And I say heart right here because sometimes that stress we've got um, makes our gut feel like it's in knots. A lot of people have stress in their guts and stress right here too. You'll see migraines, you'll see gut ache and so forth. Um, seldom do I hear somebody come up to me and say, I, I have heartache in a different sense, not like through grief or anything like that. But usually people, the stress yeah, it might show here um, unless they're doing like a, a doctor examination and it does show heartache, like heart stress, heart palpitations, heart issues and so forth. So I say pay attention to your whole being <laughs> in a way. When you're going to something that you don't want to do, don't love to do, and it's just not aligned, you can tell you're not in alignment. Some part of you is off. Pay attention to that. I just I just believe that people are get stuck like they're in a bottle with a cap of fear on and you got to take the cap off and, and navigate. I can't agree more. And I'm all about alignment because as a chiropractor, I'm all about aligning the spine, therefore the chakras and feeling aligned. So I think we're on the same page with that. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Elizabeth Guarino's The Change Guidebook, How to Align Your Heart, Truths and Energy. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Elizabeth and I were discussing how the best ever you network can help you live the life of your dreams. And we talked about her new book, The Change Guidebook, how it can help you align your heart, your truths, and your energy. I like the sound of that. I love that we talked about how to make your life better through accepting change and through navigating change, and that change is a normal part of everyday life. And in fact, if we want to live our best life, we have to have change happen. Do you agree with this? And not get stuck on that uh, hamster wheel, like I talk about in Percolate. Um, you know, getting we need to get off our hamster wheels and and get. Uh, I think you have to get a little bit uncomfortable, or maybe a lot of bit uncomfortable, to navigate change sometimes, and that's really where the fear comes in. It's like like a New Year's resolution. Um, you see this all the time. Well, how about we talk about that way in advance? For the people who are going to be setting the, waiting to waiting to make change to do it at New Year's, <laughs> that happens. I hear that. And usually by about February, mid-February, it's fizzled out. And the reason why it's fizzled out is lack of maybe guidance in making the appropriate changes, but also you just over, you're on system overwhelm. It's like too much for us. But really a better way to make change is to take, to, to kind of digest it differently, is to make one small change at a time and let that have a ripple effect. So for example, if come January 1st, you're, you're, you know, you're going to wait through the holidays to lose your 40 pounds or whatever it is. I see that a lot. I'm going to get through the holidays and I'm going to, I'm going to lose all my weight January, you know, the first three months of the year. Right. Okay. So if you're going to do that or whatever, the one change I would say is don't change anything in a way, but in, in terms of taking things away from yourself uh, or do too many things, I would say, let's add something. So January 1st rolls around, let's add a whole bunch of water to your diet and hold that change, adding that much water to your diet every day for like a month. Okay, February 1 rolls around, 
we're going to make one more change and we're going to hold that water change. So we're going to keep doing that. And now we're going to add a cup of vegetables to your diet. It squeezes everything else out as you make these changes that add. And once you get used to navigating and making some changes, because it's plenty disruptive enough to drink that much water and eat a cup of vegetables, plenty disruptive for a lot of people, then you can do other things. And and that's true. And the statistics show that by mid-February, 90% of New Year's resolutions are gone to the wind. But I do feel, and we're joking about, you know, January 1st being the time to do everything. However, People are talking about it now. It's not a joke. And I think in part, they're talking about it now because they know that January 1st is still six, seven months away and they're afraid. So they're kind of mentally preparing themselves, thinking, okay, I have time. They're buying themselves time because of the fear of accepting change. But I do like how you approach it. Instead of removing things from your life, let's add good things so that you're squeezing out everything else. That is a great way to approach life. Add something instead of feeling like, oh, because nobody wants to. And trust me, as a coach, you don't want to take somebody's pizza away right off the bat. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. To make these changes, I'm taking all of your pizza away forever, you know, kind of thing. The other thing I would I would say is, you know, why not today? There's no reason that's so that that falls into the excuse bucket. You know, there's January 1st is as great as this moment. Why not today? Um, and so I, you know, I would push back just a little bit and say, you know, you today's a great day to start making changes, um, but let's add something. Um, let's add 20 minutes of writing if you want to write a book. Um, let's add, you know, add instead of just feeling like you have to you have to lose things uh, because that that's just such a negative. One vibration is higher, the other vibration is lower. You feel less than and so forth, and like you did something wrong or whatever. And I don't ever want to make people feel like that. Yeah. And you know what? Life is very dynamic. And I feel like, you know, what some people really worry about is that they look at other people and think they should be doing that. And that's what their life should look like, where I'm the complete opposite. I look at other people like you and I are very different, but yet we're very similar. So I look at you and I look up to you and I admire you for your goals, your accomplishments. And I look at you as a motivation for me to keep forging ahead and living out my dreams and trying to achieve my goals. That's a scary thought for some people because we don't all have to live the same life. We can all have similar goals and similar drive, but we can all do something different and uh, be happy about each other's successes. And my life has changed drastically in the last five years. Things I'm doing that I never thought I would do, but I'm so enjoying. And I want my friends and family around me to have the same experience, not do what I'm doing, but to have the same experience by just changing something in their lives. And that's what I love about the idea that you have this book out there because it's teaching us that. It's teaching us how to accept the changes in our lives and maybe be a motivation for somebody else to change something in theirs. That's so well put. Um, I don't even know if I should touch it, but maybe I'll maybe I'll add a, a little bit to it and and bring back the change guidebook a little bit because again it's a masterclass in change and it goes from assessing a situation all the way to what you just said, which is mentoring or having an impact on another person's life in a positive way. And whether you take it all the way there, um, you don't have to. Uh, but chances are, if you've done something other, if you've done something. Other people might want to know how. I find that a lot of people spend their time going, how did they do that? How do you do that? How do you do what you do? But we're kind of like afraid to ask. We don't necessarily 
feel comfortable asking people. But let me tell you, when you ask somebody, how did you achieve that? How did you do that? Could you help me do that? I really love what you're doing. Uh, people love to tell, talk <laughs> and tell you what they've done and help you. If you are a coachable human being, and they feel like they can help you, they will help you. I see this all the time with our son, with our sons, um, with, with Quaid and Cameron and Quinn and Connor. I see them all the time. They were raised with me saying, look, we aren't necessarily smarter than you. We might just have like a little bit more mileage. So we might have seen this scenario or we might have seen what you're going through once or twice or three times or four times in our life before and let us guide you a little bit. And I said, now that same concept applies as you get out into the job world. And if you want to be an MLB base, you know, in the MLB, you're going to go to a guy who's, you know, in the MLB for that help or who's won the World Series or is a pitcher already or whatever. Quaid, if you want to be a doctor, look at the doctors in our family. Let's pick their brains or the neighbor or whatever for how they did what they did. And so I think it's really important at no matter what age, though. But we have these pivots in life. Where you know I'm I've I pivoted majorly in my 40s in 2008 to do the Best Ever You Network. I asked a lot of people to help me, for example. So if there's a pivot you need to make, find somebody who knows the flight path and ask. It makes it makes a lot of sense, and I feel like sometimes we're afraid to ask for help or ask that person and acknowledge what they've done that you admire that. But I also think it comes to. Um, People fear rejection. And I know in one of your videos, you talk a little bit about rejection. What to do if you're rejected? I mean, I'm sure that in your you know, career path, in your life, you've been rejected a dozen times, as have I. And you know what? You kind of like accept it. You're irritated, upset, sad, whatever. But you kind of move on because if you're focused on your goal, and this is how I approach it, I just focus on my goal. So I got rejected here, got rejected there. Maybe to one person, it wasn't a great idea. To somebody, somewhere, it's going to be a great idea. So how do we navigate rejection and accept change all at the same time? Sometimes rejection is heart crushing, soul crushing, and it's where we halt the changes we want to make. We go, oh, I got rejected. I better not do that. Open your heart, open your mind and allow for the rejection to, to just be. That wasn't just right for you in that moment. Sometimes rejections turn out to be the best thing ever in a way. You're like, wow, I'm glad I got rejected there because I got this instead. I'd say that even with the change guidebook, I have some rejection letters from it. And then toward the end, as we were kind of pitching the book out, there were a bunch of like, oh yes, we love this book. If I would have picked a different person or you know anything, this could have been a different book. You could have had a different outcome, a different moment and so forth. So rejection serves us in that, you know, just wasn't meant to be something else is meant for you and what that is. But rejection halts us if we let it sink in. <laughs> you know, if we really say, oh gosh, I got a stack of rejection letters. I better give up on the change guidebook, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. The thing about rejection is it is like one people or a handful of people's opinion in that moment in time for that topic or that place or that job or whatever. Um, and I would say, don't give up. People catch up with you. <laughs> Sometimes you have this vision for yourself or this, you know, vision for what you want to do. And people are used to you. That's a family's family around you is classic example of rejection. You know, they're, they're sometimes the last people to get on board with this new you and what you want to do. You know um, I have still family members who go, you've written books, <laughs> you know, you, 
grew up with you, you know, or friends, you know, they're like, I remember when you're like, uh, <laughs> and so um, there's all sorts of different kinds of rejection from naysayers around us to affirm no to, you know, letters to whatever you didn't get that job or whatever. But, you know, in that case, I, I, I love the boundary jump. So one instance where I love the boundary jump, keep going. If it's something that you really feel like you want to do, um, it, you know, with respect to things, not, not relationships and so forth. I, I draw the line there. That's a boundary that goes up. No, I don't want to date you. No, you know, that kind of thing to clarify there. It's not, it doesn't, it's not a broad sweeping example. For listeners, before we wrap up the show, there are every single one of us is going to experience change at different times in our lives. And it's going to be more difficult at certain times. Some change we accept. I feel like, you know, when you're a teenager, you kind of accept things because you're like, you're growing up, you're moving off, you're going away to university, uh, you're maybe moving out of the house. Those are amazing things that I feel like the teenagers, the young adults really embrace. I feel like as we get older, we start to accept change a little bit less and we start to kind of fight it. Um, you know, even fighting the whole aging process, we are not, some of us don't embrace it very well. Um, what advice do you give people who are fearful of change and how it might change their lives? Oh, in, well, I'll take it. I'll take aging for a minute. Um, aging, you, you want to age because the alternative sucks. So I'll just say it like that. You know, you want to, ultimately you want to age. So uh, fighting aging is a real big conflict in my head. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. You know, I'm 52, I'm getting older and all those things too. Um, but I, I don't quite understand why we don't embrace uh, aging and our elderly and, and so forth more. So I've been, I've been noodling on that a little bit because to me, it's like, wow, you know, it's, you're amazing. <laughs> You've aged. So, and, and there's wisdom there and so forth to pass on, but how, how do we embrace change? I think the, the, the answer is we learn about it. Uh, I think the more you learn about the process of change and have these tools in your toolbox, ask questions and so forth. And so if you, if you are one of those people who fears change and you need a new narrative <laughs> and to, to be positive about change and, and open your heart your mind and have that growth mindset versus a closed one. Um, you know, I would say pick up a copy of the change guidebook and work through the exercises or, you know, or, or hang around people who say, no, I love change for a while. My husband loves change. Um, I, I've come to love change. In some instances, I would say I'm one of those people who, you know, sometimes fears change myself and I have to crack open my own book. Mm hmm. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like change, but you know, sometimes I'm anxious about it. But then once you're in it, you're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. And sometimes you don't even realize that things have changed until they have changed. So Elizabeth, I cannot thank you enough. It was a pleasure talking to you. Everyone should get a copy of the book. So please tell us where they can find the book where they can learn more about you just give us everywhere that we can possibly get to know you better. So I'm, I'm at besteveryou.com and the book is at besteveryou.com forward slash change guidebook. There's a free gift there. All of the exercises are there to download if you don't want to write in your book or if you want to make more than one change at a time or whatever you want to do. Um, but besteveryou.com is a great space. Um, it's free to join. Other than that, I hang out on Twitter a lot. I'm at besteveryou. Um, it's me if there's a blue verified check mark in my social media. Uh, on Facebook, on on LinkedIn, I hang. I even hang out on Pinterest. Actually, I kind of like Pinterest even. And I am very new to TikTok. I must say, 
<laughs> which is very funny. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much every everywhere where where you know social media is and and the books available wherever books are sold. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course Audible. Thank you for listening. That's my show for this week. I wish you all the opportunity to live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.